Beards and Belvedere's. I'm Adam. And I'm Paul. And I'm Jerry. Today we've got some uh, some great whiskey to drink, some uh, good, good cigars to smoke, and some more beer products to talk about. Um, before we get to all that, we've got a fantastic guest here. Um, we've got uh, Mr. Brian Dewar from 10th Mountain Distillery. How are you doing today, sir? Good. How are y'all doing? Doing well. Um, as always, we've got a palate warmer that we start with today. Uh, Jerry sent all these uh, samples to myself and to Paul. Jerry, uh, we're starting with the bourbon. Is that right? Yeah, so the 10th Mountain Bourbon. Um, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, but we got a mash bill of 75 corn, 20 rye, and 5 malted barley. Uh, 92 proof. Uh, the bottle says two years old and a price of fifty nine ninety nine. Roughly, yes. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, a little off on the mash bill. The mash bill is a little bit different. So it's 4% barley. So it's just a little off. I might have typed it wrong. No, you're good. It says that on the website. So, yeah, I just haven't changed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Um, yeah. So uh, see what you guys think about this one. I've been sipping on this and the other products recently. and. The nose is vanilla, honey, and uh, corn, obviously. Nice sweet citrus, too. I get citrus on the nose. Yeah, it's a little um, apricot. Yeah. I definitely get corn. Um, like, that's a, uh, that's the, the corn that I'm getting on there. It's, it's almost in the realm of just corn liquor, you know. Um, but, that means that I'm also picking up barley too, but I, I get citrus as well and some leather, brown sugar, vanilla. I like it. Yeah, I don't know. It's nice and nice, sweet nose. Mm -hmm. And that vanilla carries through on the palate too. I just had it. It does. It's, um, get a little bit of cinnamon too, maybe, but that's like vanilla, like, like vanilla frosting almost. It's a sweet vanilla. It's damn good. Vanilla, honey, spice, maybe a little nuttiness in there, but yeah. I've been enjoying I, this one. I really pick up the grain like um like a breakfast cereal. Uh, with uh with a little bit of sugar on it, like um like frosted a, flakes. You get a little bit of frosted flakes or even uh honey smacks or sugar or sugar smacks, not honey smacks, sugar smacks. That kind of thing. Good. It's really good. I so, always got that honey toasted um Cheerios. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting that honey. That's that's fantastic. Is this uh do you guys have distribution in Kentucky? We do not currently, but we're working on it. So I'm I should be out there the beginning sometime in January. Okay. Talking to uh believe it's Kentucky Eagle to start getting our distribution out there soon. But we do ship to Kentucky. Okay. Okay. That's good news. Yeah, so we ship to 40 states currently which is nice. We're able to get out our product to most of the U.S. and then we're distributed in 15. We're starting to expand out. I just finished up some paperwork for some states that are a little bit more difficult just because they're controlled states. So hopefully we can move out there a little bit faster and be out there sometime next year out in the West Coast and more in the East Coast. Fair enough. Well, this is delicious. I am enjoying this thoroughly. Yeah. 
I'm very interested to see what that rise got in store for me. So well, that rise. But uh, so while we're finishing this up, Brian, can you tell us about yourself, how you got with 10th Mountain Whiskey and uh, basically what you do with them? Yeah, absolutely. So I am the military sales director for the company. I travel around and get our products or try to help our um, partners get into certain military installations around the U.S. I'm, we're working on a contract currently with the Coast Guard, the Navy, and the Marine Corps. Uh, we are in some AFI stores, which is Army, Air Force, and uh, Space Force currently here in Colorado and Fort Drum, New York. So we're out there where the 10th Mountain was actually create, um, actually a station now, not created. Um, I started out with the company by reaching out to them from my nonprofit. Um, I do a nonprofit called Base Camp 40 Warriors into the Wild, where we take veterans hunting and fishing around the world for free. We were looking to expand a little bit and we wanted a local product to give to our veterans when they come out on our hunts and we wanted something uh, military attributed. Um, when I talked to the owner, Ryan Thompson, he was absolutely ecstatic about this idea and with our company, um, as uh, we're a philanthropic company first and foremost and a whiskey company second. Mm -hmm. So that's what drew me to what 10th Mountain is. That's how I sort of got involved and started getting into the whiskey realm, even though my last name is Dewar and I was born into whiskey. Doesn't mean I'm precluded into just drinking that whiskey. I like all manners and means of every type of whiskey. That makes sense. I, I was a federal agent before this. Um, and once I decided to leave the agency, I reached out to Ryan Thompson and asked him, hey, do you need a military, do you have a military sales director? Would you like one? So we can get into more military affiliated stores and everything like that. And then my roles sort of expanded in the last two years since I've been with the company. Nice. And uh, before that federal agent job, you were in the Marines, right? correct? Correct. Yeah, I was in the Marine Corps. I was there from 07 to 11. Uh, I was deployed to Afghanistan in 2008 so, uh, for the reinvasion. So we were out there having a good, good old time with some great people. <laughs> but it's always, it's always a good time, and it's always an adventure. And I, I'm proud of what I've done, and I'm proud of where I'm at today. And talking to you guys, it's it, it, it exemplifies what we're looking for in people. And how we like to talk about whiskey. It's just moving forwards with that and showing our respect of the culture and how the 10th Mountain was created, as well as where we're at today. Yeah, that was uh, one of the reasons why I want to get you on. One of the big things we focus on is is military-owned companies and veteran-owned companies and stuff like that. And uh, we, we like to highlight that. And um, knowing what, well, after hanging out with you on some of the Instagram lives and, and seeing some of the stuff that you post I started looking up 10th mountain and saw all the, all the programs that they, uh, they've given to and whatnot. There's a, a, a link on the 10th mountain website and it's like a 40 pages long of all the different organizations and foundations. So, um, it was one of the things that when I told the guys, like, yeah, we got to get you on or one of the other guys on and have a chat with these with uh 10th mountain. So, uh, Again, thanks for coming on. Um, so we got this bourbon, and we talked about the rye. What other uh, spirits or uh, 
Oh, so we have tent mountain produce. Absolutely. We have a bunch of different ones. If you can look to just off to my left side here, we act, I pulled up all the bottles so you guys can see it. So we have everything from our regular bourbon and rye, uh, a potato vodka, uh, a clear Colorado mountain moonshine, a single malt, a Pinot Noir brandy, and a cordial. So those are our seven primary staples that we use. And then, of course, we do some offshoots sometimes that we release. Like we just did a sherry cast last year, which was a Pedro Jimenez cast that we released of our bourbon and rye. Um, we're going to be releasing a few other things that we've been aging it in here shortly. Um, one was a honey, which was fucking... I can say as dangerous as shit. I will be buying a case for my, myself. So what, I'm uh, really excited. Was that a was that bourbon or rye finished in the honey? Both or something else? Oh. No, bourbon and rye. So we did a bourbon one and a rye one. Will that will that rye honey finish be available for shipping? <laughs> talk about it (laughs) (laughs) because i look i i've been drinking bourbon for fucking 20 plus years um i've only recently come to appreciate rye within the last five or six um there's some really really good things that can be done with that grain and uh there's some really good with paul um Paul has access to all the, uh, he's from Maryland. So he has access to, yeah, you know, rye. And uh, um, he's, he's introduced me to some really good things. There's, there's some really good. So that, uh, that, that honey finished rye, I'm very interested. I'm, I'm very interested in that honey finished rye. <laughs> yeah, we, we have that and we have a few other things in the work as well. I'm not going to say what they are. Um, I'll just say that one, because that one's going to be, I believe after talking to the owner, uh, he and I and the master distiller decided we're going to start bottling that here shortly because the owner and I went through a mason jar during a golf tournament um, <laughs> by ourselves. We didn't even share it. So that tells you anything. It Make does. Spend more money. It tells me that I'm, that, yes, it, <laughs> take my money. That's what it tells me. <laughs> so out of like the core products, what one's your favorite? Out of my, it's a hard cut between the single malt and our regular rye. I am, I am a Scotch person through and through. I love scotches. I love single malts in general. I have a ton of single malts here, um, but as a rye, I think it's more of a like a beginner rye for a lot of people. It's not harsh on the palate. It's very nice, unique flavors. It gives you that dry finish with a lingering spice on the back end, but at the front end, you're going to get a good full body note. And then the sweet texture of that corn just popping through because that, uh, that corn comes here out of Colorado, out of the Cortez tribe or Ute tribe out of Cortez, Colorado. So we're, we're very, particular on where we're pulling our grains we want to make consistencies out of that and make sure that everybody has a good time with it so it's a well, it, it's an heirloom is it an heirloom corn heirloom green i believe so yes that's awesome Actually, yeah we'll we'll get into that right here in a minute that it's it's fantastic 
Yeah. Um, teasing me, Jerry. Oh, we'll get there in a second. Uh, one more before we get into it. Um, how many stills does 10th Mountain have? Just one. It, just one. And then you got to clean it out and do all yep. the other batches and go through it. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, we only have two distillers, too. So we run five days a week and we just 12 do 12. Yep. Sounds like fun, Adam. <laughs> it does. It really does. I'm not saying we're hiring another one, but we're hiring someone. <laughs> I do have family out, out there in Playboy West or whatever the hell it's called. So not too far. I had family out there, but they had to fucking move, didn't they? So, well, I have a five bedroom house. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I have four children and a wife and a German shepherd. I don't think we can manage to fit into uh, one room of your house. <laughs> no, I have a, my basement's twenty five hundred square feet. Should be fine. Shit, that's, that's my house. Big, look, that's that is. The, I'm not bullshitting. My our house is twenty two hundred square feet. Your basement's bigger than my whole fucking house. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I have a very large house for a single man. Well, that's you know, Mazel tov, That's amazing. Good for you. That's that's fantastic. I want one. <laughs> Sure, pay the taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I live in Kentucky. Uh, taxes are are uh, much 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 better here. No. <laughs> well, taxes are never good anywhere, but they can't be good in Colorado. I can't imagine they're they're good at all. I live in Florida. Right. What's taxes? Fuck. That rice <laughs> smells fantastic. Yeah. If you guys are done with the uh, the bourbon, I'm ready yeah. for this rye. I just need a cleaner. Oh, even for what eighty six proof is that right? Yes, the rise ninety, the bourbon's yeah, bourbon's ninety two, rise eighty six. Yes, rise yeah. eighty six proof. I am putting more in my glass. I I kept half the sample bottle, but I'm putting all of that. Yeah. So for uh, this episode's pour of the episode, we're going with the tenth tenth mountain rye whiskey. Um, it's eighty six proof. The bottle I have has uh says it's one years old and I believe it's about fifty bucks. Uh Brian, you got the mash bill or yeah, something on it? Yep, no, always it's sixty-nine percent rye, four percent barley, and the rest is gonna be the corn. So if you can do the math, what would that be? Anybody go with math, especially twenty seven, twenty seven percent corn? Yeah. No. Sixty nine percent rye, four percent barley. That's 73, so 20, 27%, 27% corn. Yep. There we go. We've been drinking. We have. See? But yeah, we recorded an entire episode before this, folks, so <laughs> bear with us. Math is hard when you're not so, buzzed. <laughs> <laughs> so with with a lot of rise, you, you get people saying that it, it's minty or it's floral or it's full of dill. This to me has a little bit of all of that. A little bit floral with a little bit of sweetness. Um one of the few ryes I actually get dill on it. Um, I think there's only been one or two other uh ryes that I've gotten dill from. And then there's just a little hint of mint towards the back end for me on the nose. Right up front on the nose, it's I get the malt coming through. Um it's almost like nosing a beer um at first, but then yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm what I'm getting here, but it almost it's like a strawberry note. There's a I was gonna like say I get like floral. apple skins. 
he has like a floral fruity note and it's yeah strawberry stuck in my head now so it's which very interesting nose which I, those I, those floral fruity ryes are the ones i go for and that's what comes out a lot for this one i don't get any dill no dill um i almost get a cake um okay. and uh it's not even the flavor of a cake it's how the house smells when you're baking a cake. Um, if that makes yeah. any sense. Um, no, I, I, it actually takes me back to my grandmother's house when she used it. Cause she would, she'd make, she didn't use the boxes. You know, she was old school. She made a cake from scratch. And that's, that's what this reminds me of specifically vanilla because that's, she didn't ever do chocolate or anything like that. It was always vanilla and it's fantastic core memory. That's what I'm getting from this. That's, Automatically, I'm locked in because of that. That's if if it brings out a a good core memory. That's that's a thing for me. This is this has a fantastic nose. I really like it. Yeah. So well, everything that's, that's what off. most of drinking is. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. It's based off of core memory. It's based off your palate and what you've experienced throughout your life. Yeah. So you want to make sure you pair something with the knowledge of what you're drinking. Wow. So that drinks hotter than 86 proof to me, but that's because of the rye spice. Um, okay. Not a whole lot hotter, but hotter. Um, just coats my tongue with everything that I want from a rye. It's extremely floral on the palate to me. And, and, and it's in my head, I can see a wave the whole time I'm drinking it from front to back. It's like a wave of flavor. Um, Mm-hmm. that's really fucking good that's a that's yeah, that's yeah. pretty good but i want to hear what paul has to say because paul has access to all the rise of the world well most of them yeah except this one evidently and i'm gonna have to change that <laughs> um, this is fantastic that, mm-hmm. that fruity note that i got off the nose carries through like crazy i mean it's it's green apple it's like a tart green apple mm-hmm. it's yeah. like jumps out of the glass there's like a hint of you know traditional rye um notes but there's also like a sweetness in there it's almost like a butterscotch or like a it's not caramel it's I like was, a i was getting like a toffee maybe yeah um yeah that that's kind of lingers on the finish but great mouthfeel it definitely has that spice like adam was saying it's, it feels a little bit higher proof than it is um this is this is fantastic i really like this have you ever had a creme de la creme before yep yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's what it reminds me of is a creme de la creme. Every time I sip on it in the back end, you're getting that tart flavor and then you're getting that butterscotch, but you're getting that melted butterscotch though. It's not a harsh like ambiance of it. It's a relaxed flavor. And that's what it reminds me is a creme de la creme or a creme brulee, mm. like a vanilla creme brulee. Yeah, it's a if I breathe back into my mouth with it closed so that I can, I definitely get the creme brulee and the, the butterscotch, like you said, and, but like butterscotch candy, uh, whenever you eat one of those, it seems like there's always a, something in your back molar, a, a, a tinge on the back of your tongue. And yeah, yeah. And I don't get, that's what you were talking about. That isn't present. And, and you're right. It's not there. Um, which, when I'm eating the candy, I do appreciate when I'm drinking it and I get those notes in a whiskey, I don't necessarily want that to be there because then 
that's a, a signifier that there's something off, right? There's something, there's something there that you don't want to be there. If you get that, that tinge in the back of your, in the back of your tongue, back of your yeah. mouth, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, this. Yeah. It's so saying it's one years old. It says it's one years old. So obviously we all get those preconceived notions that it can't be that good because it's, it's young, but it doesn't come off as young at all. Um, so everything that's out there currently, you probably got one of the last bottles of a one-year-old. Everything now is a two-year and above. Okay. So per law, we actually have to put on what the youngest barrel is in that. Yeah. So that one is, our youngest was probably a one. Our oldest was probably a four that we were pouring out out of those. Yeah, this is a an easy sipper, an easy daily. Um, and and what was the price on that again? Seen, Forty nine ninety nine, I believe. Fine. Yeah, all day long. Hell yes. Yeah, going back to that daily sipper, easy sipper. If anyone's ever seen Brian on any Instagram lives, you could tell how easy it is. How he's just basically pulling straight from the bottle, and <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go there because I don't know if any of his bosses are listening or whatever. But oh no, puts I... him down. There, there's me and then there's there's the owner. So there's no one in the middle of me. So there's one person. He knows how I drink. So he doesn't care. Yeah, he, he's put down half a bottle, three quarters of the bottle on multiple occasions. And after receiving the, this bottle, I can see how. Um, I sat down and had like three or four glasses and was like, this shit's good. And I wanted to go for more, but then I realized it's late and I got to work in the morning. And I probably shouldn't. I did anyways, but that's, yeah. Hey, you're um, good. But the one time you saw me do that, I was RSOing at a fucking <laughs> shooting competition. So I went through three fourths of a bottle. That's right. And then I had I to go about that. RSO, a uh, long distance shooting competition. So that was <laughs> an adventure. Let me tell you. <laughs> How did you play? I was just an RSO. I was not touching. Oh, my, my bad. My, yeah. yeah. Okay. Range yeah. officer, I guess. <laughs> Yep, range safety officer. So okay, I was out right. there scoring and making sure they were appropriate and doing everything, and I could throw a rock at the back of their head if they were not. <laughs> but these guys were professional shooters. I think the target shoot-up we were doing that day was uh, five targets at 1,500 yards, and you had to get six shots. Or no, you had seven shots and 1,600 yards. Jesus. Yeah, these are... These are professional competitions that we go out and we sponsor and we promote and we help out with these individuals uh, and give them whiskey shots at the end of their competition. Now, <laughs> when you say professional shooters, are they, are they you're talking military trained? Or are we talking, you know, college shooting teams or, or both or both? I mean, you're talking everybody from people that just love the sport of shooting to military trained teams that could be Marshawk, that could be OSEC, that could be SEALs, that could be Rangers, that could be Delta. Anybody comes out there, they'll come out and shoot and practice and their agency or department will pay for them to come out and shoot. Same with federal agencies. We had FBI, we had DHS, we had uh, Secret Service snipers come out and shoot. <clears throat> And then you have the private industry too. People who just love the passion of long distance shooting come out and shoot. And it's awesome to see the whole mixture of people come out together and just help the little guy. 
someone who's never shot in their life, but wants to get into long distance shooting. Some of these experts that have 20, 30 years of long distance shooting come out and maintain and give the accuracy of someone and say, Hey, why don't you change your sitting position to like this? Or why don't you adjust your mills or MOA to this while you're shooting and everybody will help everybody out there if they're a beginner shooter. So it's a very warming community, like the whiskey community and cigar community, they come out and they help each other if they're having problems and issues. That's how I, uh, how I learned to shoot. Um, good buddy of mine. He was, he was a Marine. Um, he was a pistol instructor in the Marines and, uh, he brought me to the range once. He goes, you want to shoot a gun? I go, yeah, I've never done it before. And this was, I don't know, eight years ago, 10 years ago. And we go to the range and I can't hit the damn target whatsoever. And he goes, do this and this and this. Next thing I know, I'm putting a fucking quarter size hole in the, the bullseye. I go, how'd I do that? He goes, because I taught you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, um, and then I'm down here in Jacksonville, Florida. It's, it's a big military town we got two two navy bases around here um and then my sister's in the army her husband's in the army so um shit most of my friends in high school went navy marines or army so um i never went in but that uh, uh that military uh, family is definitely close whether you're in it or not um if you have some sort of connection to it they'll they'll help you out whether it's shooting, drinking, or some shit you got going on in your house. Um, it, it's definitely a fun community. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, the people and the attributes of everything that they're doing is phenomenal. I do the same thing with my neighbors. I take one of my neighbors out every weekend, and I teach him how to do trigger control, breathing exercises, when we go through shooting because he wants to shoot up to a 1,000 yards with his 300 wind mag, and he just doesn't have that – stamina i can't say stamina it's the concentration and the ability to yeah. maintain that trigger pull with the breathing with the exercise and it's letting the trigger surprise you it's letting your breathe relax when you're coming through that trigger pull it's all those attributes and making yourself a better shooter by using someone else and that's helping me become a better shooter is by showing him the things i learned in the marine corps and everything i learned in law enforcement as well from shooting to say, hey, this is what we're doing. This is how you're going to hold your gun. You adjust it the way you feel it's comfortable, but try it this way. See if it works. See how it goes. We're, we're going to move yeah. on from there and progress. And you can say the same thing about bourbon, right? You're going to give an attribute that you think is right, but when you drink it or when someone else drinks it, their lifestyle could be completely different. Like I'm here in Colorado and you guys are all on the East Coast, comparative. So our taste buds are going to be completely opposite. I grew up in the mountains up here where I'm eating elk all day and mule deer and moose. And you guys could have never had any of that. And, and those flavor profiles are completely opposite. I've had whitetail yeah. once and I, it was different. <laughs> there, there is a difference in the gaminess for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. And out here we have, we have whitetail and that's it um oh you had so, now too. Well, I mean, well now we do but i've growing up for me growing up my experience with shooting the guys that taught me to shoot were good old boys from the hobby. Right. um 
And my dad is a Marine, um, and he never once uh, – growing up, he didn't have any guns in the house. Um, and uh, that was that was interesting. My dad was uh, – he went – so once a Marine, always a Marine, as they say. But when, yes, when, he, when he was actually active in the Marines, he was a drill instructor. And that's how I was raised. My entire life was boot camp. And um, he um, – uh, you know that he, he but he he didn't we we didn't get into he didn't he never took me he never took me hunting never took me shooting uh fishing none of that that was that just wasn't my dad and uh now this man has uh he's got at least four ar-15s and a, a whole slew of fucking you know he he's got he, he's got some uh repeaters and some some you know a, a ton of fucking um actually i bought this man a uh, uh uh a Kimber Ultra Carry two, um beautiful little pistol. I bought one for myself. He gave it back to me. This motherfucker. Years later, um, it was. I mean, it's within the last year. He brought it up here to me. He got out. I thought, well, he's got a gun. You know, he's. I don't know what he's bringing this gun in for. He bought me a gun, or you know, as a gift. Or whatever. Nope. He brought that same damn gun that I gifted him. <laughs> I don't know what the hell for. Um, but anyway. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I have, uh, I wish that he had brought me up that, but my, my experience with, you know, learning how to shoot and whatever were good old boys from the holler, um, from where I grew up. And, uh, some of those dudes can shoot now. I mean, cause they grow up that way, you know, but how I grew up was hunting whitetail. Uh, there, there weren't any elk and, and I'm from Western Kentucky. I, I live in Lexington, which is in central Kentucky, but I would grew up in Western yeah. Kentucky. Um, and uh uh there 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 were no elk down there it was it was all whitetail that's all we had um and uh i've eaten a lot of it and it's tasty it is it is damn tasty you just got to give yourself some time to adjust that's my point that's where i was getting that's where i was leading to it just just give yourself some time to adjust that's some that's some damn tasty meat right there the steaks holy shit deer steak is fucking fantastic Oh, it is. Uh, you uh, you probably ran into a good friend of mine who's uh you you might know the last name. It's uh, Tartar. What's first name? Yeah, uh, Kelly Tartar. That, Tartar that, Farm Equipment. That that name sounds familiar <laughs> to me. Uh, where from? Uh, they own most of the land in Kentucky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the name does sound familiar to me. Um. They're the largest private landowners in Kentucky besides the U.S. government. Okay, okay. Um, that would <laughs> so. Where I'm from, it, it was all my family owned all that shit for years until the government came in with eminent domain and took it. Um, and uh, now it's all strip mines and bullshit and swamps, whatever the fuck. So they may own some land down there, but there's nothing down there that's worth owning. So. I, I know I've heard the name, but it was probably closer to this side of the state where the the coal mines, you know, eastern Kentucky and shit like that. Um, but I do know the name part. I do know that name. Yes. Uh, lo long way to get to the point, but yes. Um, no worries, yeah. So uh, that, that that's the thing. I I'm, I'm, I get a little long winded. That's that's my fault. My bad. Jerry, go ahead. I would say going back to the uh, the rye. Um, the bourbon didn't have it, but the rye has a nice little Tenth Mountain dog tag on it. Yes, and on the, and on the back it has distiller. This one was Jeremy. It looks like 
This is batch as a batch number 51 and bottled on 6 uh 1422, which is uh kind of cool. And it has the nice little 10th Mountain logo on it and everything on it. And uh the beads that connects to it from the USA. So they're keeping it in the in the US and not going to China or anything like that, which is not surprising nope. at all. Everything um, with this and is then, locally made and locally sourced. So that, that's kind of cool. It kind of does the um tells you who's who did it and everything like that. And then like Brian was saying, the philanthropic um aspect of the whole tenth mount on the back of the bottle. The bur bourbon had it too. Uh this this one says tenth mountain whiskey dot com proudly supports this as uh Vail Veterans program.org and warangelsconcerts.org um and the bourbon had a little bit harder to read since it's not a it's a clear label uh the veil veterans Pro program and wounded warrior project.org um so it shows awesome. so i i can, couple of I the, can uh, state personally we're not associated with the wounded warrior project yet or anymore we've disassociated with them so we're we're moving away from them because they're more of a corporate organization. They take more higher profits, yeah. everything like that. And we're we're more interested in the veterans program that don't take as much profit, and they give it back more to the veterans. We're looking yeah. for the smaller industries and apropos that are just there for the veterans, not taking from the veterans. Yeah. Okay. So that, that that's sense. cool. A cool little thing on it. Um, but yeah, um, big yeah, famous so ride. Now on the back of, if you grab any one of our bottles, it could be our vodka, it could be our App and Glow, which is our cordial, uh, our moonshine, our single malt. It's going to have a little blurb on the back of it. Yeah. Which nonprofit, the primary nonprofit that we believe is most deserving of our funding and and then has been continuously we continuously support throughout the years. So hopefully in the next two years, and I'm not going to say year, I'm going to say two to three years, my nonprofit will be on the back of this saying it's a continuous process. We're going to continuing to donate, whether in product or in funds. 90% um, of the time we do uh, product and help them out and we'll donate apparel. And we'll get into this here shortly after we talk about some cigars and mm -hmm. some uh, beard products that i have no idea of fucking what I'm talking about because mine's just <laughs> perfect all the time <laughs> uh. <laughs> my it just curls back underneath if i straighten it out it's long as yours but i have a, i have a ginger proclivity it just curls back up in the throat well it's that scottish blood that's what that that's what that's all about i don't know how the fuck i escaped it uh but uh yeah. No, but yeah, let's uh let's let's get on to the next thing. So you guys wanted to talk about cigars next, right? So what 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 are the attributes of cigars that you guys are smoking tonight? I wanted to join you, but I'm gonna be honest, it's too fucking cold here. It's 30 degrees outside, the sun is shining, it's amazing outside, but the wind when it's coming through, it's like it's 20. So I am not doing that. And I don't have a heater on my deck yet. So that is one of the installations that will be occurring in the next two months. So one yeah, of the things so, that we look for is, is it, you know, does it have an even burned? Is it, uh, is it a, does it give you a headache? 
you know, when you're, you're trying to pull it, you know, all those right. good things, um, well-constructed, all that. So, um, we've, we've had some, we've had some shitty, uh, shitty cigars in the past, not necessarily anything on this show. Um, we've been fortunate, but, um, you know, uh, they, uh, uh they, they went with a, a recommendation that you made. So I'm going to shut the fuck up and let Jerry tell us all about it. <laughs> yeah. So when I, I reached out to Brian, I asked if uh, there's any cigars that he's what some of his favorite cigars or whatever. And he basically straight up said, I don't know much about cigars, but I like smoking them. And uh, yep. one of the ones that he said he likes to smoke is the acid Cuba Cuba. And uh, I was excited because that was the cigar that um, basically put me on this fucking rabbit hole of cigars. Um it was one of the first ones, if not the first cigar that I've ever smoked outside of uh, the other cigars that you do other shit with that we don't talk about. Um, so when he said that, I was kind of excited because it's been a while since I've had one and uh, interested to get back into it and see what it is. And uh, I know Paul has one. Kind of curious to see what his uh, insights with this cigar is. Paul, what, what are your thoughts since you were the quietest one in the group, it seems like? I got, I'm in a flight path, so uh, a BWI, so I try to stay muted when, I'm, when I don't have <laughs> anything to say. Or you guys are going to hear airplanes landing over my head, but um, uh, this is a good cigar. I mean, I don't think I've had this one before, surprisingly. Um, it's definitely, I'm just coming out of the first third. It's herbally, it's leather, cedar. Um, it actually pairs fantastically with this rye, which I had to go back and pour the second portion of my sample because... It just it keeps changing on me. Um, the cigar might be doing it, but it just keeps opening up, and uh, just can't talk enough about how good this rye is. But this cigar, with all that hints of earth and herbal, um, it pairs fantastically with this rye and probably most other ryes. Uh, I think it probably would pair best with a rye, other than you know instead of a bourbon or a, a single malt or something like that. I think the it's it's there's no contrast it's like it pairs perfectly with the rye instead of sometimes you look for a cigar that contrasts what you're drinking and so it can bring it, the experience together that way but this they're very similar in profile and it works great that's awesome yeah with with um if you don't know about acid cigars they're in they're not flavored cigars they're infused cigars um and they say it's a delicate infusion process where the cigars are placed in containers in specialized rooms where they're exposed to a variety of aromas, herbs, and flavor extracts. And then these botanical ingredients slowly infuse into the wrapper and filler. And then uh, these cigars are then placed in a in plastic and cured for three to eight months to fully allow these infusions to happen. Um, so with this being a sweeter cigar, um, at least with this 10th Mountain whiskey, uh, bourbon, to me, this 10th Mountain bourbon is 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 sweet. So the, the sweetness of the cigar, sweetness of the bourbon don't really do much. But the spice and floral notes of the rye and the floral and earthy notes of this cigar, like Paul said, blend well together, go real well together. Yeah, and the wrapper has a sweetness to it. That's where I'm getting the sweetness from is the wrapper yes, yeah. obviously has the dip or whatever, the infusion of the sweetness. So every, every time it, you bring it to your mouth, you get... A little bit of that sweetness on your lips which is kind of nice it kind of it definitely balances out the earthiness of the cigar so it's pretty decent yeah it's, it, it's a good uh 
like I said, this was one of the, my first cigars. It's definitely a good beginner cigar. It's sweeter, a little bit more mild than uh, a lot. But acid is also produced by uh, Drew Estates, so you know you're getting a, a good cigar out of it, even though it is, if you want to say, one of their bottom shelfers. Um, but, yeah, it's I, I used to keep one, at least one of these in my humidor all the time because it is does have a place in the heart. But, um, yeah, it's I got nothing bad to say about it. Other than if you don't like flavored cigars or whatever, you might not like this, but it's definitely a beginner cigar. No, it's a good attribute for a cigar. And it's, I, I would say this would be a good pairing for a beginner. If So if you want yeah. again, a good beginner cigar and a good beginner rye, this is where those two medians meet. And this is how those flavors combine. This is what those attributes are actually combined with. So you want that sweet flavor or that, light cigar note but with a good scarf um, input into it and then you want that whiskey or that rye just depends on what you actually have you could have a bourbon that could be a little bit drier on some notes and could have different palate flavors right but i would prefer a rye on this or a single yeah. malt to pair with those two attributes so that's where my pairing came in with this and that's when when I was messaging you, I, I'm not the best at cigars. I'm not. I'm. I haven't been the most avid cigar smoker in a long time. Um, I'm just getting back into it now. I just ordered a humidor for the first time to get it here, and I have to have one that is plug-in, that is temperature controlled and humidity controlled because where where I live in Colorado, because it is dry as shit here, um, and the temperature fluctuates so drastically. It, it I need something that is a consistent level that stays at that consistency that we all need with a good, nice cigar. So and the one th the one thing I noticed, not to cut you off, but oh please, it, if you're not if you stay if you shy away from rye because of that that rye spice that boldness that they have, to me this cigar is taking away that punch of rye but keeping all the flavors. So you're not getting punched in the face with that that rye spice or whatever, but it has all the rice the the flavor still left in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you're saying, great beginner pairing. Um, if you're looking for one, um, yeah, it, it's. That's why I, I said it's. No I would say it's a one in one. If you did a like a Maduro yeah. light, it would be about the same, but it's not going to give you those same floral notes you're getting off the cigar, which gives you that relaxed flavor when you're actually getting into it and pairing it with the, a rye. And I wouldn't just say our rye. It could be almost any rye, as yeah. long as it's not a severe high rye. So anything above 75 to 80, I would stay below that. Anything from like a 65 or ours is 69. So any anything from a 70 down to a 51% uh, percent rye, this would pair phenomenally with because it's going to give you that rye taste, but it's not going to take out the flavor of the cigar, and it's not going to take out the flavor of the rye. Yeah. Uh, one thing we forgot to mention, the acid is a Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, uh, Nicaraguan binder filler and origin. They say it's medium, but it's probably closer to a, a medium to mild cigar. Yeah. Um, 
like I said, it, it's infused with, they don't tell you what it's infused by. They want you to make your own assumptions, which is kind of cool. Um, a lot of times you see reviews or listen to the podcast or whatever, and, oh, we get this and this and this, and you're sipping it. And you're like, well, I don't get that. I don't like this whiskey or I don't like the cigar. Um, or you, or the opposite way, your brain uh, tricks you out and says, oh, I do taste that when you really don't, and you don't like that flavor, and you're like, this is a shit whiskey or cigar. So it's kind of cool that they don't put out what flavors that they they use or whatever, and it's their little hidden secret gem or whatever. But um, yeah, this is a nice little contrast, especially to some of the cigars that we've had in the, the past few episodes that are big, bold, and and in your face it's a nice little mellow out especially it's down here in florida it is 80 degrees but there's a nice wind going it's nice oh, to be hanging outside you. and not killing yourself hate. <laughs> you shut your dirty mouth right now sir <laughs> you guys and your nice temperatures and stuff i wouldn't say nice it's 80 degrees at 5 47 in the afternoon <laughs> it is 24 degrees in Colorado at three. So. I don't know. I'd rather, I like cold. I'd rather you say cold. that until you come up to this cold. I work in an ice rink. I like cold. I'm on the ice all the time. He drives a Zamboni <laughs> for a living. You sure can fuck off and drive at the same time. Yeah, I, on the other hand, uh, failed to get the kuba kuba because i suck um i did have an acid uh acid 20 and uh a friend sent this to me and i, I appreciate the gesture but this motherfucker smells like old man cologne and it's it, like i put it to my lips and it was just I don't, I don't even know what the fuck they put on the cat but it was straight sweetness and it was just uh no so I am not smoking the same cigar as the rest of the guys. I am smoking something completely different. Um, I, that's just not not up my alley. I will go get a Cuba Cuba just so that I can uh, experience what everyone else has experienced. I've never had it, um, but uh, yeah, that's 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 not for me. Uh, something I would do as well is I've I've discovered this recently a good Madura is uh, I've paired a good Madura with our rye recently and with our bourbon. So there was two different Maduras. If you ask me what they fucking are right now, I couldn't tell you because I don't remember and I'm not the type of person to keep my wrappers or memorize any of that shit because I'm trying to remember pathophysiology and entomology of kinesiology currently. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I'm in reference. I'm in college. So I'm trying to, again, get another degree for reference for myself to learn and better my own body. So I'm not damaging it. Um, so I just took a right before this, I was taking a pathophysiology exam. That's fun. And then tomorrow I have an entomology of kinesiology exam. I have to take. Ooh, sounds fancy. <laughs> not really unless you really want to know every single part of the body and movement yeah. of it and the muscles and the connect where they connect and how they connect and what their flexion i'm just not um one more thing with this cigar well not even with the cigar just the before we move out of the cigar uh segment uh have brian have you tried the acid 1400 cc it comes in like the glass tube 
No. Uh, it's similar to this Kuba Kuba, but it's it, it's. I don't want to say it's better. They're they're two different cigars. It's similar. I like it a little bit more. It, it has a little bit more um, umph to it. Okay. Uh, it's a little bit more. I say a little bit more. I think it's like a dollar or two more than a Kuba Kuba. I think the Kuba Kubas go for like. 10 to 12 bucks if i remember correctly this acid i think is like 14 or the 1400 is about 14 or so um yeah if you want to go for another acid cigar i'd I'd recommend that one um yeah anytime you guys want to send me a cigar i'll smoke it and i'll (laughs) smoke it live with you guys to give you a review and i i have roughly around 300 bottles so i bet i have about whatever bottle you would pull out (laughs) And I'll drink it with you and talk to you about it. Um, so I, I would be curious and see how it goes. Because, again, I'm just getting back into cigars ap- after having a few uh, physical problems. Um, so I wanted to make sure I was good before I got back into any yeah. inhalants and move forwards. So we we haven't done it yet, but we have been talking about doing some Instagram lives and stuff. So uh, maybe that first one that we do involves you and some cigars. Well, I may know a little bit about whiskey and not shit about cigars. So <laughs> yeah, I can answer Basically. anything you want about whiskey. Cigars, I'm a <laughs> fucking two-year-old. That's You teach me. Well, that was when when... Adam and and Paul started this up and I think they did three or four episodes before they asked me to be on. And when they did, I was like, hell yeah, because I like cigars and I know a lot more about whiskey than I do cigars, but I, I do enjoy cigars. So I was like, ah, sure, I'll join. And that way I could kind of get my knowledge of cigars up. Um, I know a little bit here and there, but the more we go week to week with this, I'm learning a little bit more of what my basically trying to find my palate with cigars. I I knew what it was and doing this show is definitely uh solidified that a Nicaraguan Maduro is what I like. And I think all three of us like, um, but it is cool trying like this acid and uh, we got a few others that we did and a few others that we're going to do in, in future episodes that are definitely lighter cigars and some random shit that we probably wouldn't pick up off the shelf. But, uh, that was one reason why when they asked me to join, I joined because I like trying some random shit. <laughs> so well, that, I mean, I'm I'm curious on the rest of you guys. I know Paul and uh, Adam. You guys haven't Adam. You didn't get the Kuba Kuba acid, and Paul, you have it, and you've said it matches pretty well with it, and it's a good attribute for it uh, for that. But do you think it has any aspects or any? provocations that you wouldn't have with it or would you try that with a bourbon o- over the rye from what you tasted 